One of the most important episodes we've done here on the Acme Army is to talk about mental health and how it is affecting us and how have people really changed with social media and the fact that we've been locked down for two years and we have to find different ways to cope. And thank God there's podcasts and thank God there's communities that are out there that you can attach yourselves with like we have here at the Acme Army family and made great friends with Jamie Lowe, no last name, and Jeremy Retz and have really been able to have the conversation about mental health. So I hope everybody takes a listen to this and uh, forwards it on to a friend that has any of these issues. And uh, let's do this. It's time to pull the veil off. Mental health. Let's get it together. Enjoy. Uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a great show tonight because uh, we're going to Turn it upside down a little bit right now. We're gonna we're gonna take an Acme Army football podcast and really turn it on its mental health head right now because I have two of my favorite people in, in the entire world in Packers Twitter sphere, and uh, let me introduce them right now. I have Jamie, no last name, and Jeremy Retz here on the show with us to talk about some mental health and talk about really some issues that are going on in the world that uh, are all affecting us and how we're reacting to them and have a discussion that's just not about football, just kind of how we're coping with off seasons, the changes of uh, endorphins that run through our bodies as we watch things and kind of have to simmer back into our real life like I'm having to do and face the music of, you know, what real life is like and what real change is like. So uh, I think this is just a great opportunity for us to kind of veer off the football path and kind of take a real mental health check on one another and uh, make sure the community and the fam that has uh, been uh, hanging out with us for so long is doing well and can take something away from this that uh, maybe can you know help them and help them interact with us better so with without further ado though jamie how you doing I'm amazing. I'm honestly so excited and happy to be, this is my favorite thing to talk about. I'm so passionate about this with two of my favorite guys. So (laughs) I'm ecstatic. Awesome. Awesome. And Jeremy, uh, you know, you were the, man, when the bat signal goes out, there's just, there's people that really answer the call and you always do. And there's just not a more important conversation for you to join than uh, coming on last minute and you know, reaching out to Jamie and coming on the show and really uh, being able to open up. So, uh, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing. I'm doing really, really well. Um, a little nervous, quite honestly. Um, <laughs> if if you follow me on Twitter, I'm not one to really open up personally. Um, but when I saw Jamie's tweet, I was I was instantly compelled um it felt important and i do um i do have a lot to say so i'm, I'm happy to be here i uh I, I commend you for doing this eric um and uh thank you that's all i've got to say i'm gonna log off now <laughs> uh that, yeah well i mean right now guys it's it's the off season and we went through a football season where you take the ride with the football team and we, we've had such great seasons the last few years, which we're so lucky to be a part of. And then the off season hits and 
we have the news that happens to us right now. And, you know, we were talking before the show, Jamie, about how the Devontae Adams news hit each of us last week in different ways. And um, just how when you're dealing with life itself and then further news comes on that you're passionate about and also all, all this other stuff spikes in your brain and, and you just kind of, for me, I was, I was going a little crazy. Uh, I was optimistic and then pessimistic and optimistic and I was just trying to, where's, where's the level ground here? Where's the consistency I can grab a hold of and, and take it through the rest of the, rest of the season? And, and that brings us to kind of what today's about, man. This is, it, it's funny how, Guys don't talk about issues, you know. Uh, I think Matt and Bruce do a really good job over at uh, Packers Without Borders to talk about some men's issues. But, I mean, really there's some some real layers we can get into. And let's just kick it off, Jamie. Let's just get into each other's heads here. And let's just talk about what's on your mind right now. What do you want to get into? Well, um, I can talk a little bit about my mental health journey just to kind of give you a background about why this is so important to me. Wonderful. And then I'll do a shameless plug right right at the end. Um, My whole family struggles with mental illness. Um, I have four mental disorders that I'm diagnosed with and I'm currently being treated for with medication. Uh, And April 1st will be the one year that I've been on medication treatment alongside with therapy and my life has been totally turned around for like the better um I would do it all over again it's it's the best thing that I did for myself and one thing that I've always struggled in my life was to be consistent with like anything and this has been one thing that I've been consistent in with for a year and that's huge to me that's a huge win for me to to you know love myself and care for myself enough to like seek help and that's my message like we're this world is so messed up it's so heavy like the more time passes i feel like this world just gets darker and meaner and colder and like love is just like non-existent there's no compassion and we're just like i'm an empath and i look at people and i just like feel people's pain like i just like look at them and like my heart breaks and i just like see and i just think about people and like what they go through and and i'm like first we need help like we need people and a lot of times when we're struggling, we tend to isolate. Like I'm one to isolate when I'm struggling and, but we need people as much yeah. as I'd say, I hate people. Like yes. I need, I need my friends. I need to interact and let people know how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I always want to encourage people to reach out and, and ask for help. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, what about your past? Where, where, where do you feel like your mental health journey in, in awareness began? Honestly, it, it, uh, it started very young, um, before I even understood it. I, um, I remember telling my stepmother at the time, um, over and over again, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was experiencing, but I would tell her, I have this bored feeling was, was the best that I could do to express it, you know, at that age, I'm seven, eight years old or whatever. Um, But what that was, um, you know, was depression and anxiety. And I, so this is, (laughs) this is the difficult part, right? Yeah. This is why I wanted to do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable speaking about this. Um, I'm, 
not somebody that shares a whole lot personally on Twitter. Hmm. Um, but it's also, it's also the reason the fact that I'm uncomfortable with it, it, it is, is the reason that I wanted to do this. So, um, you know, at a, at a young age, I struggled with it. And um, I, I was diagnosed with um, ADHD as a child and um, was given medication for that. And it helped, you know, I, um, I had um, insomnia up until I was about 18 years old. I, uh, I, I remember I used to, uh, my parents didn't understand. They, uh, they would get upset with me because they would, you know, come in my room and I would have the TV on and I'm supposed to be asleep and they would turn it off. But, you know, I had it on because, because I couldn't sleep. And, uh, you know, I wasn't like I was watching anything great, it, you know, it, back in, you know, 1987, uh, you know, at midnight, all that was on was infomercials, you know, and yeah. nothing, not not exactly stimulating inter entertainment. But I remember I would I would um, I would leave my room when they would come and turn my my TV off. I would leave my room and I would I would crawl out into the living room and I would um, I would, you know, army crawl, like have to sneak into the living room and uh, I would hide behind the couch um and just watch whatever my dad was watching so i, I i've seen a lot of mash at a young age <laughs> but um you know it it never it never left me um that that bored feeling um and then um i did what what most people do when they're going untreated and i started to self-medicate um, didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, um, but it is indeed what I was doing. And I started, I started smoking weed very young, um, and then I graduated to methamphetamine at about 16 years old. Hmm. And uh, that that felt great, you know. It uh, it made me happy, hmm. um, but it was incredibly unhealthy. And that, that began a trend with me um, that lasted for a very, very long time. Um, I, um, I was about 22 years old, I believe. And this was the first time I ever became um, really scared of myself and and felt locked into the position that I was at. Like when I was using methamphetamine, I always kind of felt like, well, one day I'll stop, you know, but at 20, 21, 22 years old, um, I started using crack cocaine. And I did that for a solid year every single day. And I, uh, it was terrifying after like the third time I had done it. Cause I, 
I felt like this was going to be the rest of my life. Hmm. That I was, I did not know how I could ever live without this drug um, at that point in time. And, um, you know, you, you fast forward to, uh, I got off of work one day, I had just gotten paid and, uh, I used to go to this place that we called it the Ponderosa and it was just this rundown trailer park. And, um, that's where I would go. I would have like three different dudes that I could go to and, you know, pick up and, um, you know, this is the early 2000s and I'm in Texas and like my paycheck is like six or $700, you know, for two weeks of work. And I, uh, I made my first trip down there, you know, bought like a 50 rock or something like that, went home, smoked it, immediately turned around, went back. And I probably made five or six trips. I remember at one point driving home, um, jonesing so bad that I smoked it on the way home. I pulled into my driveway and immediately put the car in reverse and headed straight back until the point that I had, um, I had about like 50 bucks left and I went and I bought this like 20 rock and I went back home and I went into the bathroom Usually I'd take a 20 and I'd load it in the pipe and I'd just burn it down. No problem. Just, just straight to the head. But I was like, well, I'm going to be smart with this one. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to split it in two and I'm going to conserve it. So I cut it in half and I, and I, and I hit the little dime piece. And, uh, I remember vividly staring in the mirror and just, seeing this look on my face and I'm gaunt and I'm, I look unhealthy and for whatever reason, something just clicked. And I, I took the other half and I dropped it in the toilet. Hmm. And that was the last time that I used, hmm. um, that, that was about the time I've been a Packers fan since I was like 14 or 15, but that was, you know, we, we, we find these coping me mechanisms. And for me at that time, one of the things that I used was the Green Bay Packers. I just started sinking into them. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it's another reason why they are so important to me because part of my recovery is, is linked to this team, you know? Amazing. And, and I, I just, like, I, I, I got super involved in it. I started like, really paying attention and, and, and learning about football. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it definitely is something that is very, very important to me. And, uh, you know, a, a, <laughs> crazy as it is like a reason why I'm still here today. Mm. Wow. What a story. What I mean, people need to. I'm. I cannot wait for people to hear. Like people need to hear your story. You have an amazing story, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having the courage to to talk about it. Like I'm so proud. Honestly, wow. That thank you so much for trusting us with that. 
and it's it's it, it's uh it's not easy you know uh i'm i'm shaking right now it's uh but it it is so very important to discuss these things because as men especially we uh we don't i don't like how this feels i don't like I, i'm right now i'm vulnerable and i hate that i hate that <laughs> and we we do not want to we don't want to not only feel vulnerable but but even allow anybody to think that we are mm -hmm. you know and you, you pull the whole facade down right for yes you know, i'm a tough guy but it's so important because that's it's that is so stifling to our development as human beings it, you know to 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 stun ourselves into as a man the only emotion i'm allowed to feel is anger you know and and that's what we that's what we want to put out to the public and then yeah hey i'm super strong i'm fucking really angry like look at me look at look at how look at how tough i am and then you know I, and meanwhile i'm crying myself to sleep you know in my bedroom all by myself mm -hmm. you know and it and it is it is important that um that we we break down these walls and we we become more comfortable speaking about these things because fact of the matter is there's way more of us that are dealing with mental issues than are not like it's not even fucking close mm -hmm. and the fact that it's taken us this long to even get this far is is it's frankly it's just ridiculous and uh it needs to change we need to be comfortable speaking about it um which hmm. i'm not <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know this is this was coming on here tonight was an a was an important step for me you know to to be able to um come on i mean i i'm hoping there's only going to be like 10 people that listen to this right <laughs> like i'm gonna <laughs> promote the hell out of this <laughs> uh, not gonna be that number. yeah yeah but it was it was um it was important in me and my in my growth to be able to um well if i were this if i were to see you from what I know of you on the podcast without you sharing that story. Um, there's nothing that can make an, another man feel closer to another man than when you say what you just said. And that's a, it's a, it's a weird thing to say, I guess, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's <clears throat> been there. I don't, I don't, you know, and so many, uh, decisions that you make from I mean I lived in New York City when I was 23 years old I, I used anything I could to escape yes. what I had going on with being a kid with a uh, a six foot three 200 some pound father who was uh, angry and drank every night and was there's nothing like somebody making a mistake, your two sisters and you being kids making a mistake and then uh, having, having the fear. And I was the youngest, but 
once a person makes a mistake, all three of you get the belt. And you got you to gotta be a kid and you have to bend over to the arm of your leather you know, couch while you get you know, smacked with a belt. Um, not like that was an everyday occurrence, but there was enough times where you grow up as a kid with that anxiety and that stress and um, never was a drinker. You know, I had a internal shutoff valve and we were great because at, during high school, we were a great house to have parties at because my dad would, you know, had, allow you to have half barrels in the basement. All the, all the people would come over, but I, none of those parties I enjoyed. I cannot look back at my high school parties that we had and say, I had a great time because it was at our house. You're taking care of your friends. And I mean, I never got to a point where I was drunk because I had a, a I didn't know genetically what happens, but I just know it wasn't wasn't something I did. Not that's not to mean I haven't had a lot of fun with alcohol at times, but it's nothing that's even a part of my monthly life at this point in my life. You know, I mean, it's such a it's such a rare occasion. But you know, when my father passed, and I'm sorry, Jamie, I'm, I'm going to edit this out a little bit, and we'll 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 because we haven't even touched on you. But from my side, when my father. Uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer and you know that was where I had I had breakdowns I had uh, I had a moment where <clears throat> uh, my wife had gone and I was with my son and it was uh, she was on a work trip and I was I was on a couch with this little kid who was next to me in my arm and we're watching a movie and and I I just I started crying uncontrollably, and at one point he looked up at me and he was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Are you all right?" And this is a eight, this is a seven year old kid, and um and the amount of visuals that I had coming back and thinking about how big I am at I'm six two two hundred pound guy, uh, and this little kid that was my age and, and older when my father had done, you know, things he had done to a, a little boy. And, and I'm, I'm having this little, my son in my arm and going, how, how, how could, how could somebody do that? And, uh, and I spent the next three days in the guest bedroom really having a breakdown. Like I couldn't stop crying. And I had, uh, so many visuals of so many instances coming back in my life that were, um, it was tremendous. And, and I got real angry after that and needed to, you know, confront my dad and get all that out, you know, and, and then he has brain cancer. So, um, there's a lot of unresolved things that happened that led me down to, let's get into this, Jamie, like, you know, just what counseling does for you and, um, how that can benefit your life and help you work through some of that issues you know yeah i had to write things down because i'll forget but like it and it's a great segue because you know we carry so much trauma and we're expected to just move on and just keep going with life without taking a moment to process no one taught us how to process trauma your parents don't know because they carry their own trauma and they're dumping their trauma on you and then make you traumatized it's like at one point you have to learn because you, I mean, unless you have really great parents that like were 
knowledgeable about these things, you, 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 you just weren't taught how to process stuff. You just like get over it, keep going. We just don't have time because you're just so busy trying to um, just live, not even live, what is that word? Um, survive life a lot of the times. And for me, therapy, I have a hard time as much as an open book, as you see that I am on social media and stuff, I'm also very private and like intimate about certain things. They're the real stuff. I don't really open up to. And I, I feel like if I open up to people, I'm a burden. So one of the reasons why I love, or a lot of the times there's people that made me feel like they didn't care when I opened up. And that makes me shut down faster than anything else. When I open up and somebody just like doesn't care or just like, dismisses me I shut down so quickly you'll never hear anything from me ever again so for me therapy really was a safe place because I knew that talking things out was really helpful for me I didn't know that that's what what processing was but I knew that when I spoke about things I felt better and I could move on from them and I didn't think about them or dwell dwelled on them too much so I saw I'm like I might as well pay someone to talk to because I can't talk to my mom I can't talk to my dad or my brother or my friends because they don't care so I'm going to pay someone to, to, to hear me out because I need to talk. I need to get whatever that's in me out. And, and that's what therapy has been for me. And I love it. And I'm a huge advocate for it. But it's really hard. It's difficult. So I want to ask you guys, have you guys ever had therapy? What was your experience like? And if you didn't, why not? Or what is, what do you think like shies you away from it? So, so I have in the past, um, I did when I was younger. Um, so I had an arrest. I had a, a violent offense. So I, part of the deal was I had to, um, go to anger management. And <clears throat> I hated the idea of it. You know, I don't, I don't need this, you know, like, but it was, it was truly one of the best things that I've ever experienced. Um, I learned so much. I didn't know what to expect, and it certainly wasn't what I expected. Um, but I learned so much about myself, um, about all of us, and and the way we process things, and. Um, it was the first time that I had ever really opened up to anybody, you know, I'm in this class full of men and, you know, we're all at some point taking turns just crying. But, um, I learned so much, not, not only about myself, but how to maintain a healthy relationship. And I'm in one now. It's the first one I've ever had. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be that way um, without, you know, this, you know, it, like I said, it's anger management, but it was really therapy. You know, I was, <clears throat> my, my counselor is a psychologist or a, a psychiatrist, you know, so I, I'm inadvertently going to therapy with a trained professional and learning you know, so much and getting some, some things figured out that, um, 
that I didn't quite understand. And I, rem I left there thinking to myself, this should be like a class in high school. You know, sh you shouldn't have to get arrested. Um, you shouldn't have to fuck up to, to, to learn this because nobody tells, nobody tells you this. Nobody tells you any of this shit. I had to, I had to fuck up and go to jail and, and be told and be forced to go through this to learn like some of the most, literally the most important shit that I've ever learned in my life. Like, why wasn't I taught this, mm -hmm. you know, when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. this, this would have helped me. This would have helped me so much. You know, the thing about talk therapy that is so difficult is it's not an immediate fix. Like it takes legitimately, it takes years, but it is the most effective. Mm -hmm. Um, the most effective at healing mental health. Now, some people need medication. For instance, I have recently started going back to therapy and have re uh, anxiety has been um, a major issue for me um, in the past. And then like it had kind of gone away for a little while and then it, it just reared its ugly head for, for no apparent reason. Um, so some of us do, you know, we suffer from, you know, these chemical imbalances that, that need to be corrected. Um, but it should never just be corrected with medication. The, the most important part is just talking and, and, you know, and expressing yourself and continuing to learn, you know, and, uh, I love it. You know, I don't, I look forward to it. Um, I look forward to speaking with somebody that understands what I'm going through even better than I do, just because they've been trained and they know, they know on a psychological level, exactly what the fuck I'm experiencing. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely an advocate for it. Much like you, Jeremy, I, uh, I was in a slumber thing where I ended up in uh, jail and, uh, got out and was case got dropped but i had to go to anger management and wow when i went in there I, I, I there wasn't a class that i didn't look forward to um after the first introduction meeting one-on-one -on -one with the counselor and he kind of overviews what you're going to do but what i took out of that the image that sticks out from anger management and tell me if you remember this jeremy at all or if they went over this but it was just the diagram of the circles all right this is what you're in control of, mm -hmm. and this is what you're not in control of, all right? Figure out where you are in how you're reacting to people. Um, I have failed on that. Everybody fails on that. But it has been a tool that is something that, boy, it is really something that pairs up well with after I got out of there. I was just, again, the whole life situation with my father, and I was feeling so overprotective once he was gone of my own family. Um, you know, when a guy came up into the driveway, when it was going through our, our cars, you know, that ended up with, you know, me going in a cop car. But it was a great thing because I got to figure out myself, like, why, why, why are you being overprotective? Mm -hmm. And it was, hey, you, you got to let life live, and you have to say, what are you controlling? That paired up well because I left 
anger management and I went into uh, another guy who was a cognitive behavioral therapist and that was another just another great tool set of um, ways to number one process your own issues that are, are the triggering issues right just how to deal with those on a daily which is I mean the last five years were versus the the five years before that I, I can't say have not been you know 10 times better um, the, the stigma is that just a couple of years ago guys mental health when you're talking about mental health it's just ah oh, fuck it what are you crazy what, what are we talking about this you know I think everybody's had a really good opportunity these last couple of years in COVID because these stresses that are out of your control and how you react to them and how you internalize them and how they flare up on other instances, a lot of families have felt that, right? And it's been a whirlwind for everybody that you see on, on Twitter and on social media just in general of how they're dealing with it and how they're lashing out and and how easy it is to lash out really on social media some of the things that people say it just they don't understand how that impacts other people's mental health your fucked up mental health is now being transferred onto somebody else via social media if it wasn't for like people that how you guys just come together and support one another um uh, it would just be a, a total shit show on there because it it shuts some voices up, but it's just a, a reflection of how fucked up everybody is right uh -huh. now and how how much we need to have the conversation. How much therapy and medication specifically? What is your uh, what is your feeling on medications, Jamie? Before we move on to that, I really want to just say one last thing on on therapy. You know, a lot of the things I work. In social work, I've been working in social work for like 10, 11 years now. And where I work, it's mainly the population is um, of Latino descent. And a lot of the times when I bring up the question about mental health, they're like, well, I'm not crazy. Or they're just like, no, 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 I don't need that. Like, I'm okay, I'm fine. You know, there's still very heavy stigma. People are still think the way that you brought up, like, what? I don't want to talk about that. It's still, that's still a, the case. Um, especially when they get the older generation and like certain communities, certain minority communities. Um, and a lot of the times people have just negative experiences from when they were children or where they were forced to go to therapy and they had a really shitty therapist <laughs> and like, and like the healthcare system, horrific, like who, I mean, I'm having a hard time with it. So I can see why somebody would be against dealing with that when there's a lot of barriers that they make it so hard to find and get care it's so expensive to get care like i can see why people are like you know what i just i'll just be like this it's fine like i've survived this long like why why even like touch my trauma i'm just gonna leave it there I i've been fine this whole time but you know going on into the topic of medication I knew I was depressed and anxious since I was in middle school. I, I remember it being in high school and finding one of my journals from middle school and I read it and I was like, wow, it was really sad to, to read. I was like, damn, I was really depressed. <laughs> and I had no idea. I never thought about being depressed, but I was in high school and I like reading that journal. I was like, wow, like, you know, I was like that depressed. It was just really sad to see this little girl just be so sad and, and, and lonely and, she was very bullied and it was just really sad to see that. And I was like, wow, I was very depressed. So I knew that my depression started when I was in middle school and because I had an accident, 
that started off my panic attacks. I never had anxiety or panic attacks before that, but I was in a car accident. And from that accident, I had a lot of panic attacks and I just have been having panic attacks ever since. Um, so I've always, and I learned how to deal with it. Mental health and like psychology was like really interesting to me. I studied it briefly at school and I was like, maybe I'll be a therapist at one point. And then I got, I changed my mind a lot. So that didn't go the way that I wanted it to. So, and I would encourage my clients, say, go, go to the psychiatrist like do this. But I also had this stigma towards medication. I, I saw how it was bad for some clients. I saw that it was helpful for some or, or how it like zombified some people. Like I just didn't have a good, um, the side effects were scary. Like just, I didn't have a good, I had really strong stigma against medication. So I, I always said, no, I never like considered it till a year ago. And when my psychiatrist brought it up to me, I was still very like, no, I, I'm fine. Like I've been dealing with depression and anxiety since I was in middle school. I'm fine. Like I know techniques. I learned um, how to like grounding techniques. I learned so many things to cope with it all my, by myself. that I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need medication. I've been dealing with this whole time. Like, why? Like, I don't need it. And they're like, well, you know, you're talking about this other diagnosis and this kind of helps with that. So like, maybe, maybe just try Just try if you don't like it. And I was just like, and I was really interested in that. And so I was like, fine, I'll just try it out. And I was having constant panic attacks. Like the quarantine period with during this pandemic is where a lot of things surfaced for me. My panic attacks got even worse. Then I was forced to go to work and I knew that I was mentally, I wasn't mentally well. And then going into the workforce in a job that's what that was a lot more demanding, my panic attacks were out of control on a daily basis, twice a day sometimes. And and it, I would even smoke weed and that would give me a p- panic attacks. Like there was nothing I really I could do. But, and I was like, at one point I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, it's gotten to the point where no matter what tool I use, I cannot control my anxiety and the panic attacks. So I was open to try medication and it was the best thing that I ever did in my life, to be honest. I've been in October. I mean, it prefers just the one year that I've been taking medication and my life has improved dramatically i don't have panic attacks anymore i can control my anxiety and through therapy like another thing about medication like i always saw medication on its own being like a band-aid like you have a a gash here right and and medication really is just like a band-aid over that gash but you still have that gash there and there's still infection going on and when you're not cleaning it you're not like doing maintenance to the wound it festers and that's how I always painted pain and like holding things into my clients when I was trying to encourage them to go seek mental health services you're like if you're holding this pain this trauma inside of you you have this gash in your heart and it festers and festers to the point where it goes into this really huge painful boil and then it bursts and that burst is ugly it could result into getting in in trouble with the law using hurting people like uh, those blowouts are so necessary, but when they're so bad, it could cause a lot of negative effects, not only to you, but the people around you. And that's why it's so important to take care of that wound. So that's what I, how I would like paint it to my clients. And they were like, oh, okay. And it kind of helped them. So I always saw medication as like a bandage over it. So I'm a very strong advocate. If you're going, I, that I always highly recommend that you do both, that you do medication and therapy because medication is not going to treat the root cause of why you're feeling upset. It's going to, 
relieve the symptoms that you're feeling from that pain, the trauma, the unresolved emotions, but it's not going to treat the root. And so that's how I see medication. And honestly, both therapy and medication have been amazing for me because I'm controlling my anxiety that was out of control. And I was having constant panic attacks and the deep depressions every time I was TMI guys my during like a woman's cycle, like hormones are crazy, but I would get severely depressed once a month. And I don't deal with that anymore. And that, and that was like a, a chemical imbalance that was going on in my mind and my brain. Um, but I was also treating all of the trauma I had. Like my, my therapist and I were talking about, I have seven types of trauma that I have endured in my whole life. And right now, now that we've kind of like gone through the crisis, I, I'm more stable. Now I'm in a better mental headspace to, to tackle my trauma because now I'm prepared. She's taught me coping tools that are going to help me go through that really difficult period of you bringing stuff up that you've been trying to ignore your whole life. And yeah, therapy is really hard, but it's so worth it. It's, it's painful when that stuff blows up, but when you clean it and you start like, you know, curing it and stuff, it starts healing. You feel so much better. You feel so, so, so much better. And that's kind of how I see medication. Um, I don't know about um, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, you know, for some people, just therapy is all that's necessary. But, you know, um, for some of us, just like you were talking about, there there is this kind of chemical imbalance. And, you know, you need to go see a therapist, a psychologist or a psychiatrist and, you know, get these things figured out with a professional. Um, for a long time, um, even after I stopped using hard drugs, um, eventually I just started leaning into alcohol and it became a thing where I wasn't drinking to get drunk. I was literally taking doses, you know, to, to try and stabilize myself and to just feel normal. Like I just, I wanted this two beer buzz to go on all the time just so that I wasn't fucking terrified of just whatever the day talking to people, whatever it might be. And that's why somebody like me, there is, you know, that's, that's a damage. All these things that I've done to myself is very damaging, you know, and it, and it, 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 it doesn't end when my addiction ended, you know? Um, so you do need to go and you need to speak with a professional and, and you need to, you need to get these things figured out and, and find out the best path for you, what it is that you actually need. Um, and we've come a long way, you know, with, with, uh, these medications and the way they handle it, you know, they mm -hmm. like for me specifically, it's been, you know, it's been a slow process. Let's try, let's try it this at this, you know, at this dose and, and let's see how you feel in a couple of weeks. Well, a couple of weeks later, Hey, I feel like shit, feel the same. All right. Let's, let's increase it. See how that feels. Speak again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that I feel a little bit better, you know, and it's this process that you have to go through and I'm, and I'm, I'm going through it now. And I, I, I feel better now, but I'm not done, you know, and um, it takes time and it takes commitment and consistency mm -hmm. um, to to um, to actually begin 
to heal. And, and it's perfect what you were saying, Jamie, it's it, 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 without the two things, without, without, you know, figuring out what the fuck is wrong with you, you know, and not even wrong with you, but what, what, what is afflicting you as well as the medication, like these two things are very important, you know, because if you do, if you do just do the medication, what all you're doing is trading one addiction for another, you know, in some form or fashion. But um, like the, the, what I'm taking, pop this pill in the morning, I don't feel anything, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, it's not like some, some high that I'm getting or something like this, right? It's this slow process of just rebalancing and, and, and not feeling like you did before that, but not, that, yes. that, that signature feeling you were carrying around with you for so long. It well, slowly goes away. It's slowly... what, what, what anxiety feels like is it feels like your fucking heart is just pumping this poison throughout your body and you can feel it in your fingertips and your limbs and, and the emptiness in your legs. You just, it, it, it's there and it's, and it's, it's so horrible to, to have to try and deal with on your own. And somebody, somebody told me this, um, I heard this a couple of years ago and it resonated with me. Mental, your mental health condition is, is not your fault, but it is your responsibility, mm. you know? And, and that's what, that's what we have to do. We have to take responsibility for ourselves and we have to, you know, proactive and we have to take care of it. You cannot ignore it because just like Jamie was saying, you ignore it and it festers and eventually it will fucking pop mm -hmm. and it's you're going to pay for it. Yep. And, and the people that you love will pay for it. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's no shame in any of this. There's no shame. Why should I be ashamed of what all of you are fucking feeling too? You know, mm. why should I be ashamed that <laughs> I have now the courage to go ahead and confront it and to do something about it? That's right. Mm. Amen. I love that. I love that so much. I have so much to say about that too. Mm. Like, the, I just want to add a little thing about that. When I first started taking medication and I started opening up about it, I got so many negative responses that it scared me. And I stopped sharing to people that I was taking meds. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you putting that poison in your body? No, 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 don't do that. And I was like, I'm actually starting to feel better. Like how, like it was just insane. And it was really discouraging. And it took me a long time for me to be strong enough to say, yeah, I'm taking medication. Actually, you're wrong. Actually, this is the best thing because I'm actually in a place where I'm like, yeah, actually the meds really did work. Mm -hmm. But back then I was still like in the trial period. So I was very insecure about it. Yeah. And it was tough for sure. I'll tell you what I'm on right now. And especially after my father's death, because that is the thing that is within me the deepest that I have really come a long way and i'll tell you one thing for anybody out there that can identify to any part of my story uh jamie hit it on the on the nose when you said the generations before us did not have our luxuries right <clears throat> they were hard people my grandfather came from you know uh germany and hungary on a boat and landed in milwaukee wisconsin and you know opened a, a bar right my dad grew up in a bar as a young kid, 
went to a Catholic school. What he had to endure, I have no idea, which drove him to be how he was. But, you know, it's it's something that um, the anxiety that I carried around wasn't depression. It was uh, it was just this. Mm, I could, being around him, I just I, I I could project what was going to happen. You know, from the emotional, it just happened over and over. And um, that anxiety, then you take to other situations, and you're like, "Well, these these people aren't this way. This isn't happening this way." And and I'm you'd be in social settings in college and everything else with your friends, and and seeing some kind of situation happen, you're like, "Is this how this is going to happen?" Like that I saw growing up, and it's not, you know. So you got to resolve that kind of thing. And the greatest thing for medication was matching that up, especially when the, fresh off that uh, CBT therapy that I had, which was just a you know, a lot of people hated it. I, I, I read a lot about that therapy after people hate throw CBT under the bus. I mean, the cognitive behavioral therapy just gives you a set of tools that re- it, it helped me in my life. You know, when you talk about how many tools do you have in your tool belt, I'm about as many as I can get because I'm a jack of all trades. I'm a master of nothing. Do you know what I mean? I just like to do a whole lot of stuff. And, and that's just um, how it worked out well. But with with what I'm on, on just simple Lexapro, you know, to be able to breathe and not have to uh, uh, have the anxiety. And I have, you know, anxiety just like everybody else has right now. And anybody who's going through situations like it's, it's, it's completely normal, but it's, it's manageable. Before we kind of move on, I want to talk about like support systems. Like the biggest thing in COVID and kind of in this whole quarantine time is, is, a lot of people alone and a lot of people spending time on social media and we have to remember to unplug every time like get into actual conversations um, this podcast has saved me you know this podcast has saved my mental health for you know this whole year it's it's i can't believe um I'm so glad Eric still wants to do a podcast with me because I mean, some of the episodes I was just like, I, I couldn't even keep my brain together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, this is such a great community and friends that we have on here. Like this, you guys were such a huge outlet for me support system because, um, we need those people. And if it wasn't for, for, for the boom, boom, big daddy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who I talk to every day. I mean, I, I don't know where I would have been in the last six months. So what does your guys' support systems look like? Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a lot of people that love me. Um, a lot of people that care about me. Um, I'm never alone. You know, my wife is, I, I didn't know that, I could love another human being um, the way that I love her. That it, you know, if it wasn't family, like I, I love her in the exact same way that I love my children in this just unconditional fashion. And she is my as cliche as this is she is my rock you know she is um she is a major part of 
me, she, she would tell me I'm perfect, right? And that is fucking not correct, <laughs> dude. Like, but I strive, I will never be perfect, but I strive every day to be better for her, you know? And this love I feel for her, she feels for me as well. And it, it, it is so wonderful to have. Um, and she is, she is my sister, you know, and I'm, I'm so incredibly fortunate to have that. Like, um, I didn't know it existed. I, I, I just, I thought, you know, being in a relationship meant that I was going to be slightly annoyed with this person all the time, you know, cause that's what the rest of them were you know but um she is she is the best thing that has ever happened to me and she is far from perfect herself we have our issues you know we have our problems but um we fuck up and we it's never her versus me, at least not for a very long time. It becomes me and her versus the problem. And that's, that's what I lean on. And um, she leans on me as well, hmm. you know, and, you know, I have, I have my parents, you know, I've, we've talked about this in the past. My dad is sick. Um, he's not going to be, around for very much longer but i'm fortunate in this fashion as well to be able to really take this time every single day that i have that i get to spend with him i get to i get to sit in it you know and and soak it in and 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 actively create memories um with him and um and it's so precious and it's this this is the thing like i have a i have a good life there's no there's legitimately no reason for me to have these anxieties you know to be sad like i'm so blessed with the things that i have but again that's why it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility hmm. to go ahead and actively try and take care of these things and to work them out and fucking be better, you know? Can we make that the quote of the show? Yeah. <laughs> that is so freaking, it's gold. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's, the, that's certainly the title of the show. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. Jamie, you have been nothing but just a shining beacon through so much for so many people and do you have a good support system for you well truthfully my support system is my therapist my adhd coach and my twitter community kimberly and kate have been there through all my panic attacks they've talked me through them i don't really have that many in person a really strong in-person support system other than my therapist my HD coach yeah. but um 
I have one and they're the reason that I didn't, I didn't go crazy that it, it wasn't worse than it should have been, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's the uh, point where you don't have to have somebody. I mean, you're, you're lucky to be like you, Jeremy, and have a wife and your kids there as your support. And, and, uh, you know, Jamie, um, you and I, we got, we have therapists and we have <laughs> podcasts and it's all good because we all have to have some kind of outlet, some, someone to talk to someone to just say, Hey man, we've been there and tomorrow that sun's going to rise and man, you can just tackle it too. You know, yeah. it's hard to get up every morning. It's hard, you know, <laughs> it's hard to wake up sometimes when you're feeling the pressure and the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then when you start stacking, like I got to work out, what am I going <laughs> to eat for breakfast? But I'll tell you, the commitment is uh, the most important thing, and the consistency is is what I think everybody who's going through some mental health issues needs to strive to to focus on. It's just stay consistent, you know, make the commitment to not have an answer in a week, you know. Yeah, but we have each other, and you know, Jamie, you 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 kind of maybe downgraded a little bit that, you know, these relationships that you have on Twitter, but the, these are real relationships, you know, these are, you know, these are real friends, you know, y'all are so far from me though. (laughs) (laughs) We are, but we're not, you know, that's the beauty of of the era that we live in. We're, Mm. we're, we're right there, you know, like it's, it, Mm. it is, Social media for me um, has been a very big influence on my growth as a person, you know, um, and it it has changed some of my thoughts and the way I felt about things and and um, and corrected, you know, some 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 you know, things that some misgivings that I would have had probably for the rest of my life, if I was not exposed to just different ways of thinking. And, you know, for some people, social media, media can be um, unhealthy, you know, mm. but yeah. um, for me, it, it's been an outlet. And it has been there's there's just here today, like I wouldn't be here today, right now, talking with the two of you, mm-hmm. you know, if it wasn't for this community that we do have on Twitter, and um, people that I truly love, you know, and it doesn't matter that they're 2,500 miles away, <laughs> you know, I can, if I need to reach out, you know, these people will listen to me. And yeah, they will support me and it matters. It matters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I want to say this for, cause this was something that I really struggled with. Um, I felt weak and I felt less than because, um, I didn't feel like I was justified in the way I was feeling. I didn't feel like I had a right to, feel the way that I did. And I felt very 
weak and and anybody that's going through this you need to stop and realize that you you are not what you're you are not weak what what you are you're getting up every morning and you are fighting just non fucking stop and take some pride in that you know as much as this all hurts you know you're still getting up you're still doing it and you should acknowledge yourself not as weak but as a fighter yeah amen yeah 100% Jamie you got any final words my final words are that you don't we can continue the conversation with this new Twitter feature that is out this is my shameless plug here <laughs> <laughs> so Twitter Twitter came out with a new feature called Twitter communities and as you've seen some of you guys were like in the Packers one so the moment I saw Twitter communities and I already saw that there was a Packer one I was like I want to make a community like I live I think building community is a gift that I have <laughs> I don't want to my own horn, but <laughs> I feel do. like that's my gift. Really <laughs> you know, so I was like, I need to make a community. So I was like, oh, what do I do it with? And first two things that came to my mind, mental health and the Thirst Trap Thursday Twitter spaces, but like make a community for women empowerment. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I, I was like, no, I have to do this mental health one with everything that I've been talking about and sharing. Like I need to do, I need, I need a safe space for me and other people to talk about our struggles and just have a safe space to talk about our mental health. And a year ago, I was supposed to start a mental health podcast, but my mental health took a shit on me <laughs> and it didn't happen. And the name of my podcast was Stigma Breakers. And I called it my failed podcast because it didn't come through to fruition. And I was very sad and it took me a long time to grieve that. So when I opened this Twitter community, I called it Stigma Breakers because the whole goal of that podcast for me was to build a community of stigma breakers, people that break stigma on mental health and other things are stigmatized. That is my passion. I work in an HIV field. I work in an HIV clinic and every day I fight stigma against HIV and other illnesses. I'm so passionate about this. So I really want it like the fact that I get to open a community and there's already like 60 people in there and the feedback has been amazing and that I get to call it the name of the podcast that failed that I, but I still get to build my community that I wanted to. Yeah. It's like a full circle thing for me. So guys, if you are on Twitter and you want to be a part of a community that is a safe space to just express yourself and just be an advocate for mental health, give me a follow. Let me like, um, send me a DM, like reach out to me or like even Eric or Jeremy, and I will send links to them. Um, you guys are invited to come and join if you guys want to. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited for this. Uh, Lauren has graciously um, agreed to uh, like moderate and like do it with and run it with me. Awesome. You know, mental health queen. So mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this, and I really hope that it continues to grow and we build a really strong community of stigma breakers. Awesome. Hell yeah. That's awesome. All right, Jeremy. How about you, buddy? You got any final words? Great, great, uh, great talking. Number one, but man. Thanks for sharing everything. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. You know. I'm. I'm I feel like. I feel like I got it out there. You know. Um, I was. I was. I was literally shaking before we started this podcast, and was just sitting there going, "Like, why? Why the fuck did I agree to do this?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
but, um, you know, kind of a form of therapy in itself. You know, it, 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 uh, it's broken a boundary that I have had um, of just being afraid to, um, to talk about these things with, you know, publicly. Um, and I'm glad I've done this and I, and I'm, I'm thankful for, for both of you for the opportunity to, to do this and, and you should be commended for, um, for, for doing this, you know, and, you know, I hope it helps somebody, you know, like I hope somebody else, you know, even if it's not in, you know, on a podcast or on Twitter or whatever, but hopefully they, somebody hears this and, um, and decides to go ahead and, and take some action and, and actively work towards getting better. Um, and that would, that would make all of this worth it, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to have joined you guys and I'm, and I'm thankful for, for this conversation that we've had. Thank you, Jeremy, for answering the call. Really. I'm Mm. so happy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, dude, you're a team for sure. A fucking team. Listen, I think the great thing about just the conversation that, you know, you had and what was happening in my head while you were talking, Jeremy, was I certainly hope it wasn't coming up as trying to one up anything, but I just thought the parallels that men have on so many levels, why isn't it talked about more? Well, why isn't it? Because this feels good. <laughs> I feel good talking about this and how it happened, just finding that, you know, just down to down to the clink, Jeremy, you know, I mean, we've just been there and know that feeling and know like what the, it just, it's great that we could connect on, on so many levels. And I just think that's important for people to just have the conversation. You'll find somebody out there that has that connection to some degree that can understand it and, um, you know, know that you're not alone on it. Anyway, I appreciate everybody out there listening to us. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope it, uh, I hope it, maybe sparks some new ideas for you to, you know, take a different path and get on some therapy. But I appreciate everybody out there listening, and uh, maybe this is one of those podcasts you want to take the link from iTunes or Spotify or Google, wherever you're listening to us, and just uh, put that in a text message to your friend that maybe has. Uh, some feelings that they are just been going a little, uh, uh, you, know, you know, a little stir crazy in the quarantine mm-hmm. and having some issues with their own mental health right now. And they're feeling like they have a stigma of mental health and uh, they need to get that looked at a little uh, deeper. And, and it's not a bad thing. You know, I hope, hope this is one of those episodes you can forward on and it makes the impact so i want to make sure that uh, everybody out there knows we love you we're with you if you guys ever have any questions or comments about this episode you can always dm or just put it uh, out there on twitter to jamie at uh, jamie no last name you know at rets J- underscore jeremy and uh, at acme underscore army we are a fam here and uh, we got your back so appreciate everybody out there and until next time keep your heads on straight